welcome back to another episode of Rem and Sam, and happy 4th of July weekend to everybody. Even though it is the holiday, we still wanted to make sure to get something up, so we have a little micro episode for you. There was one of the most stacked fight nights of the year in UFC this past Saturday, UFC 276. So we called in Champ Quinn, which we watched the fights together, and we just had to break it down, quickly run through the main card, some of the prelims, and hopefully this holds you over for the 4th of July weekend. We will be back later in the week with Sam to break down all the big NBA stuff. A lot has happened since we last talked. Durant literally requested a trade two hours after we finished recording last week, but it happens sometimes. We're young, we're stupid, we learn not to record before free agency starts. Maybe wait a little bit, let the moves come out. Durant requested a trade. Go Bears, go into Minnesota. Did the Celtics fix their backcourt problems? They got Brogdon. There's just a lot going on. And maybe with the Durant and the Gobert stuff, there's some interesting team-building stuff that maybe we've learned from this offseason. We'll break it all down with Sam later in the week. But for now, quickly running through a breakdown of USC 276 with the champ Quinn right now. The champ Quinn is here. The champ Quinn across to all social platforms. Follow, follow him on Instagram if you haven't yet. UFC 276 was last night. We watched. We would be fools not to start with the main event, the main fighter, the main reason everybody was paying to watch. Israel Adesanya. He's been your boy for a long time. You've been a, a big Israel Adesanya fan for as long as I know. And oh, yeah. I know, I know he already had the belt. He was already 22-1, and one, but wins the fight last night, keeps the belt, moves to 23-1. and one. I know there could be arguments for who is pound for pound the best fighter in the UFC. But just in terms of star power, I don't know if he has the most right now, but he definitely has the most upside. Am I wrong? If for just he's definitely superstars to superstars to come after Conor McGregor because he set the bar for UFC superstars. Yeah. So guys I, following I would him. Say so I mean, I mean, the man is the the cover for UFC four, so he's obviously getting some recognition. And obviously, I mean, in his name is like the style bender. He showed last night that, you know, he could be stylish, insane um, walkout, obviously, is what people are saying. And did he the fought. Undertaker. He did do the Undertaker. Yes, it was it was really cool. He had uh, he had Cannoneers urn ashes in an urn walking out. That's kind of star power right there. I mean, Conor McGregor really, I feel he got famous off of more his like trash talk um, and his like press more than his fighting, more than his fighting style. And I, that's just kind of, kind of the way it is. I mean, if you're a big trash talker, you're going to, you're going to get across more social media platforms than you, than you are if you're a, a star UFC fighter. Kind of led into my next question a little bit. Cause yeah. McGregor, McGregor was obviously great for the sport and a great fighter as well. But I think Anya Sa- An- Adesanya might be a better potential face of the UFC than McGregor was. Because I think he's a more complete fighter. And he is just as, can be just as entertaining as McGregor, even though not on as public of a level. But the yeah. entertainment's values there. I think he's a more well-rounded fighter. And he has that he charisma. That, yeah, he showed the charisma last night in both his presentation, but also in the ring. Yeah, no, he definitely has the like charisma to lead the UFC. 
And honestly, like he has the skill to back it up as well. And he's shown that time after time, fight after fight, he's going for the toughest opponents. He's, you know, non-dodging people. He's calling out people. He's um, just fighting the tough, the toughest fights. I mean, even he, he fought up, I think to 205 or something somewhere in there and ended up, ended up losing, but he still wants that like tough competition. And that really shows. And that, that in itself is like a leader leadership type thing. I mean, he is dominating, dominating his own division and he's, he's definitely got some of the most star power in the UFC right now. The fight itself with Cannoneer went the full five rounds, but unanimous decision. Adesanya takes the victory. Pretty, pretty dominant performance from start to finish. Yeah. I think like, Canada I want to say the judges had it. One judge had it 50-45 and the other two had it 49-46 or something like that. I'm fairly sure that that's what it was. So, you know, it, it was a good fight, but, you know, Izzy was definitely dominant in this fight. I mean, and not, not dominant in a way that, you know, we'll talk about this fight later, but not dominant in a way that Volkanovsky was. He Izzy was dominant in his his style in the ring, you know, just shots landed, moving around the ring. It really just seemed like Cannoneer could not do really anything that he wanted to do to Izzy because Izzy was just too quick, and Izzy was able to get shots off before Cannoneer even really knew what was happening. He had that he had that snap jab going, which is they talked about a lot over. Um, like the announcers were talking about it a lot, but it's, it's essentially just a jab where you don't turn your fist over. You're just sending it straight in. Thumb stays um, on top. Thumb stays on top. And he was getting Cannoneer with that every single time. It just, he's so fast. He had the reach. Um, Cannoneer definitely had the bulk on Izzy, but watching the fight, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have known because Izzy landed more shots. He was, he was, he was just a better fighter last night, for sure. I mean, even when Cannoneer had him up against the cage and in a clamp, in a clamp, he was just able to get out every time, uh, stay in control of the fight. He stayed 100% comfortable. He was not getting hit if he didn't want to, essentially. Cannoneer was, you're right, an intimidating opponent going he into was. the match. Definitely had the size. And you could tell even in the fight that he has the, the boxing skill. His combos were good. You know, all his, oh, yeah. pun- all his punches look smooth, but you mentioned the reach. Like, he just wasn't able to get into Adesanya's range. Kind of kept coming up short with some of the some of the combos he was throwing. But you mentioned Vol- Vol- uh, Volkanovsky. Yes. He won his fight. Te- a technical, technical masterpiece. Just like Adesanya's was as well. But Adesanya does have a gracefulness to his, to his fighting that's just unparalleled to any fighter that I've personally ever seen just the way he dances around the, the ring, the ease at which he's just doing all of his moves. It's just, it's just nuts. The gracefulness of which he fights with. Oh yeah. Big time. Um, and yeah, they were, they were both extremely dominant in their fights. Um, I would say that Vol- Volkanovsky definitely had the more exciting fight. It was also the trilogy fight more definitely was going on, but just the way Izzy showed himself around the ring he was 
he was dominant and he is now in an argument for being the best pound for pound pound for pound fighter. I would say it would be Usman, Volkanovsky, Izzy, and Nganu. It would all be it would be one of the four. It's tough. Everyone's everyone leans towards Usman right now. Um, I think I'm just kind of going off on a on a segue here, but I think that Volkanovsky would have to start start to dominate the 155 division a little bit more. Um, he's no, been- I had it, I had it, I had it on my list. We'll just we'll get into it. The 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 guys you named is pretty much the guys you would expect. UFC on their website has ranked the pound for pound best fighter in the world. I don't know if it's been updated since last night, but when I looked right before we're recording this, recording this Sunday evening, right, right before I came on, Usman was number one, Volkanovski number two, Adesanya three, Oliviera four, and Ganu five. Olivier is, I, I think Olivier is actually the guy I was talking about earlier that Volkanovski would have to be challenging for the title at 155. Not fully Holloway, sure. Holloway and uh, Dustin Poirier sitting at six and seven. Holloway, whom uh, Volkanovski not only not only beat this time, but has beaten a couple times now in the rematch. Uh, yes, he is actually he swept him three and yeah. three now in the uh, in the trilogy. And I think compared to the the highlights and stuff I've watched from the other two fights, because I actually have like watched those two fights. Though those were good fights. Fight three was a little bit, you know, it was a great fight, but it was a little bit, you know, underwhelming on Holloway's side. Um, I was expecting a lot more from him, but it it just kind of seemed like, you know, not to diss on Holloway or anything, but it just kind of seemed like everything he wanted to do, he couldn't do. Volkanovski was just too good in this situation. They had both, you know, won a couple of fights since their last fight, and it just, it was clear that Volkanovski had improved more. Either that or it just wasn't Holloway's night. I mean, obviously, um, he got that he got that cut first, second round, first round, late the first. Cut, the cut above his eye was early on in the fight. I believe that was in the first round. Yes, just a wicked counter right from Volkanovski, sliced open Holloway's uh, eyebrow, and he had you know blood dripping into his eye the remainder of the fight. So that's you know that's another factor, but it just. It just seemed like Volkanovski was too quick. His combos were going off, and Holloway was Holloway just seemed he seemed to be on the offense the entire time. Like he had Volkanovski backing up the entire time, but he wasn't doing anything with it. He was just walking forward, but letting Volkanovski sw- swing. And Vol- Volkanovski said going into the pre-fight interviews that he was going to be more than fine. Honestly, just doing the tech- technical mastery version of the fight. He was not needing to risk any big shots, do anything stupid. He just stick to the plan the whole time. Really smart fight. It goes five rounds, but again, like the Adesanya fight, pretty dominant from him all the way through. There was no question that he was going to take that one. Holloway, you're right. On the offensive, just aggressive and, and just, yeah, just he was relying on landing a big punch. Never happened. Volkanovski said going into the fight, I'm going to, I'm just tap him on the chin as much as I can. And that's going to be enough. And that's ultimately what happened. He didn't, didn't land anything massive except for that cut, but just a lot of just, just too much over five rounds for Holloway to handle. Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the cut was just a huge factor because all Volkanovski really had to do was tap that and it would just start bleeding again. And 
if it happened early in the round, I mean, Holloway would have three, four minutes of blood dripping into his eyes that he had to deal with. So definitely, definitely an unfortunate uh, factor for him. But, you know, it. I mean, I don't even think the cut would have happened if his timing would have been more on. He was just getting countered very well by Volkanovsky. So Volkanovsky and Adesanya both keep their belts. Just back to the Adesanya walk-in real quickly. Yes. Getting a lot of getting a lot of hype. You know, in, in the moment, we can be bad at is this is this the best? Is this the greatest? Whatever. It's being called the greatest walk-in of all time. Just in your experience of what have you seen? What what is where does this rank for UFC walk-ins? I mean, especially from the card last night, it was the only one that really felt like a real walk-in. I mean, it didn't feel like a lot of the entrance songs last night were very UFC. We we did mention that to each other. Um, there was just, you know, like staying alive and come from a land down under. Don't know the title of the song, but I know like the words. Not very like UFC type entrances. This would definitely rank up up high. Anasanya is just kind of the king of entrances. I feel like if there was, you know, going to be like a top three, two of three of them would be Israel Anasanya. He just, he has that swagger. He has those just really, really, really cool entrances. And even just kind of the retake on the, the Undertaker's theme song, he kind of had that like person talking beforehand. That was that was really cool as well. And the entrance itself was it was really cool. So where it, where it would rank, I'm sure it would rank. It's definitely one what, of the best either way. Yeah, from what I've seen, that's the most unique. I mean, from the all the cards that I've ever watched or like the entrances I've seen, that was definitely the most unique. And like remember. you pointed out to me, the timing of it too, with Undertaker retiring, sort of you can pay homage to uh, yeah, a legend of combat sports. But both Adesanya and Volkanovski win their fights. They keep the titles. Some other fights on the main card. One of the guys that won the fight is probably going to be the next guy to fight Adesanya. Well, actually will be the next fight because Adesanya calls him out at the end of the fight. He did. Perea versus Strickland. And my, my apologies in advance for all the names I'll probably going to butcher over the course of this. But Perea versus Strickland. Fight doesn't last very long. Perea gets a knockout. Uh, round one at and the two-minute, 36-second uh, yep, 36 mark. Seconds. And uh, I got to say, looks like, looks like potentially could be – I don't know if he'll be a tough opponent. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll find out more about him when he fights yeah. out of Sonya. But just watching the quick – how quick that fight was and just physically – how imposing he is potentially yeah. a real interesting matchup versus Adesanya. I mean, he was five and one going into that fight. So, I mean, there wasn't much to be really known about him. He's just, he's, he's on the come up right now, but he was definitely surprisingly good. I mean, he obviously, he caught Strickland. Strickland was standing in front of him just a little bit too much. Um, he was trying to, I was noticing he was standing very, very flat-footed. He was not, you know, like bouncing around. He wasn't very mobile-seeming in that fight. And so, you know, when he got caught, he got caught. And so the way – the I mean, I, the first thing I noticed was, you know, he was walking around flat-footed while Pereira – Pereira? Yeah. Uh, 
Pereira was he was bouncing around a little bit more kind of more of a actual like stance and it ended up working out for him there was just nothing Strickland could do once he got hit he was he was done yeah I I never want to speak for for athletes especially fighters but Strickland just did not didn't come out looking the most motivated you know he seemed like he kind of was focused on the fact that his opponent was his opponent was unranked Yep. Seemed like he kind of he kind of knew that about him, but not much else. Caught him slacking. You're right. Just kind of, I don't want to call it a lazy start, but just not a lot of effort on the start for Strickland. And uh Pereira has some history with Adesanya as well. Knocked him out. 2-0 going, and sparring. Yeah, knocked him out going back to b- before UFC. And uh we mentioned Cannoneer, his size being a disadvantage versus Adesanya. Brea seems like he could definitely handle himself. He'll be able to fight in Adesanya's space versus Cannoneer, who has a, you know, he's backed out a little bit because he doesn't want to get tapped by Adesanya. And Adesanya's hitting him with that jab every time as well. But Pereira's, yeah. he should be able to get in there and actually fight with him. We'll see. Like you said, he's new. He's on the come up, but yeah. showed a lot in that fight. It'll be interesting. Uh, he definitely did. He definitely did show a lot in those very short minutes that he was in the octagon. But he he did. He showed that he, showed that he could stand in with, like, the number four contender, so and yeah, make and, very short work of him so and strickland too when he got knocked i think pretty sure he would have just got up and kept on fighting if they would have let let him he looked uh, he was like wait a second what just happened oh Which yeah kind of goes back to what we were saying he's like oh wait we're actually we're fighting now it's a real like fight. oh we're but, going what yeah, yeah that's uh that's mma it happens you got to come out ready but yep couple of legends on the main card nothing really at stake no rankings no nothing but just two pros Lawler versus Barbarena. We were we were pulling for Lawler, but uh, Bob Barbarena, he's a menace. He comes at you constantly with his hands, and he was able to catch Lawler with one of them, and uh, Lawler ends up going down. But we were pulling for him. Yeah, I mean, he started just kind of unloading on Lawler. Lawler had a very very dominant start to the fight. He looked really really good. Um, he was moving around the ring. He was landing his kicks. He was landing his punches. He had Bam Bam. He had him busted up for his his face was pretty busted. But yeah, like you said, you know, he just keeps coming at you with his hands. He doesn't stop moving those hands. And, you know, one of those times his hands are going to get through. And that is exactly what happened. Uh, call it Lawler. And that was the beginning of the end for him because then, you know, he was just able to unload. His body went kind of stiff there. His legs were very stiff. Very good fight from from Bam Bam. You know he showed he can be relentless. He showed he had his. He showed that he has a chin. That's for sure. Um, he took hits from Waller the entire fight and still was able to drop the finishing blow. And waited waited a long time for it. Just you know kept moving his hands, waiting for the right time, and he he ended up getting him. Um, yeah, nothing really at stake for this fight, but. It ended up being a really exciting one. It really did. Arborena knocks knocks Lawler out with 447 left in the second round. If you were just if there was no like time or score on the TV and you were just watching Barbarena at that point, you would have thought the fight was near the end because he he looked rough. I think Lawler even got one on his nose at one point that looked like really got him pretty good. Yep. But that's just a byproduct of Barbarena's fighting style. His hands are he's constantly attacking. So he's, he's going to leave himself open. Lawler's going to yep. get his shots. But because he's constantly attacking, if one of them slips through, 
and he gets you like that's exactly what happened to Waller. Slipped through, he got him. I, you know, if that doesn't happen, that's one of those things. Barbarena, uh, who knows how long he's able to take that. But that guy, that guy's a maniac for wanting to fight like that because it's it's mad aggressive. It was, it was, and it it ended up it ended up working for him though. It ended up working for him. Barbarena takes the fight in the welterweight division, a fight we both really wanted to see. I think outside of Adesanya, the fighter in this next fight was probably the most popular and the most people were probably tuning in to watch this guy besides Adesanya. And that's definitely social media popular. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Has a big internet following. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Fighting, uh, again, I'm sorry for the name, but Munoz. Yeah, Munoz, Munoz. In the bantamweight division, but ends in a draw, no contest. Sean O'Malley gets him in the eye. There's some concern with injury about the eye, and they have to call the fight no contest. Very friendly ref the whole time, but very disappointing to not see Sugar Sean O'Malley finish the fight. Yeah. It ended up being a very, very slow fight from what we saw as well. Uh, Munoz was just, you know, kicking the, kicking the legs of Sean O'Malley the entire time. Sean O'Malley was able to counter it almost every time as well. So it, it was a very, very slow start. And it really seemed to me like, you know, Munoz wanted the fight to get called. It did not look, but obviously I'm not the doctor. We only saw a couple like replays, but it looked to me like Sean O'Malley's palms were essentially flat and Munoz's eye was already closed. That is just what it looked like to me. And it kind of seemed like we had a good camera angle and we could kind of hear what was going on with the doctor and uh, the referee and Munoz. And uh, it just kind of seemed to me like he did not want to fight O'Malley anymore. It seemed like he wanted it to get called, and that it did. And the concern with injury on top of the fact that uh, there was another questionable punch kind of to the lower abdomen. Kick. Munoz, yeah, a kick to the lower abdomen. The rep stopped the time there. So, like, it was two quick stoppages. Yes. Some concern for injury. He was able to get away with the, the DQ. No contest. Could have been an interesting fight, though, if it played out because – Munoz comes in, like you said, he's just just kicking, which almost just seems like lazy coaching because Sean O'Malley is perfectly countering, just turning his leg over every time. Which, yeah. if, the, if the one thing that you come come into the fight that's your big game plan is the number one thing the the opponent also knows that you're probably going to be looking for, it's just you know we're gonna we're gonna need something else. But O'Malley was prepared for it. That's he was definitely he prepared. Was, but there it's was like he knew no what counters. the dude's plan was. Yeah. Um, no counters outside the kick, but I think in the second he was starting to throw some stuff in, but again, the fight just, it's not able to go to go the distance. You've watched more O'Malley than I have. Has he always had some of the kicks he was showing in the second round? He's always had the, the knockout, you know, the, 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 the long reach, the strike, the strike, uh, differential, but the kick stuff, he was kind of showing it there. Has that always been in his game? Um, more recently, yes, it has. Um, I know that from when he first, first debuted, he had just a very wide skill set, and, you know, would show a lot of his like boxing skills. This was, this was one of the, the, I think this is probably the third time I've seen him. And then the, not including like replays and stuff. 
and this was the second round. He really did start to switch it up and throw some kicks and stuff. I thought that he was... had a he had a couple of spinning kicks that didn't land. But when yeah, he, but when he, he threw, threw them, you were like, "Oh, if he adds that, that's dangerous." Yeah, you put that in your skill set, and yeah, you if you can incorporate that into your into your game, yeah, that would be uh that would be a real game changer, especially for someone with walk off power like Sean O'Malley has, especially with the range that he has and just the overall ability that he that he has within the sport. Um, he's shown over and over that he can just scarily knock people out. And unfortunately, we did not get to see that last night due to the no contest. But unfortunately, it happens. Um, it's a sport and, you know, you got to put everyone's safety first. You know, whether the guy was, you know, bluffing or not, you know, the, the shot was near his eye. If the doctor thought so, you got to You got to call it, you know? Yeah, we um, want to prioritize the health and safety of everybody. Uh, most yeah. definitely. Just disappointing we didn't get to see uh, an actual result from that fight. But at least Sugar showed us some stuff. Yeah, that, and uh, I mean, we could potentially you know, get a rematch. So, yeah, shows why, shows why he's so promising and so uh, popular as an up-and-coming fighter. Oh, yeah. A couple of, that was, that was most of the main, that was the main card. There was uh, a women's fight scheduled. It was, it was canceled, so they didn't fight that one. But that was the main card for UFC 276. I feel like a couple of prelims that we should mention. Uh, Riddell versus Turner, Jalen Turner, sort of a up and comer unranked. I believe Riddell was ranked uh, four, he, 14 going into that fight, Something if I'm not like mistaken. That. Turner able to get the submission in the first round, 45 seconds left with the guillotine choke, but just bigger, more powerful than Riddell, but just, you know, even though he's a young and up and coming fighter, just looked really intimidating. He had that, he had the length as well. I mean, he had those like long arms, long legs. Yeah. Serious advantage for Turner. And uh, it was a very impressive first round victory. To end. Shout out to a legend. We didn't know this going in. We didn't know this going in, but turned out it was going to be his last fight. Donald Cerrone versus Jim Miller. Both of them tied for most wins in UFC history. Miller able to get the submission in the second round. We can talk about that in a second. He takes the spot for most wins in UFC history, but Cerrone, it's his last fight. He's a legend. He had a great career. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool to watch him, watch him fight his last fight and see the retirement and everything. So shout out to that guy. Yeah, seriously. Um, a very, a very unfortunate way to go just because of, um, his hand being in an unfortunate place and, um, him only ending up in a guillotine choke because he tripped on a head kick that did land a double head kick. He got kicked to the body. He landed a kick on Miller's head. He slipped. And Miller was able to just hop in and perfectly get the guillotine. Both of Cerrone's hands were trapped in between, like in between his body and Miller's body. He had to tap with his fingertips. Like he could barely even move his hand. So I just can't even imagine the discomfort. And, but he was in a very tight guillotine and he withstood it for you know longer than some people do you know some people just go immediately tap they're in and they know they're done so they just tap but he actually fought for it you know 
I think he knew that it was going to be his last fight. You know, he was really trying to put everything into it. An unfortunate way to go, but definite shout out to him. He had a great fight. An unfortunate, an unfortunate end, you know, just kind of unlucky on his part. But Miller wins, has the best, best uh, record in UFC history. Shout out to Donald Cowboy, Cerrone. Miller and Cerrone both go in for head kicks at the end of the second round. Cerrone, like you said, lands his head kick, but slips and falls just fell perfectly. Miller, I mean, there's nothing you can do. Miller was able to jump right on top of him, take advantage. If you fall a little bit differently and your arm flops off and you're able to get out, like just who knows? Just perfect yeah. timing, perfect way to fall for Miller to get up. But yeah, like you said, uh, he was able to land that kick and there's a world where Miller just, he's stunned for a second and Cerrone's able to recover. So yeah, just took it on the chin, able to get down and take advantage. But a, a lot of young guys fighting on this card and yeah. uh, just a couple of old pro. I guess, you know, there are some old pro, Barbarina versus Lawler. You know, Holloway has been around for a while. So, you know, yeah. a good a good mix. But both of these guys, just two veterans of the game. You could just see the uh, the experience with these two guys jumping off the page versus watching somebody like Jalen Turner fight, who is young, up and coming. And no one really has know, him figured has, out yet. Has potential for a promising career. But oh, just to watch sure. just to watch two just two veterans go at it was uh, a real treat. Something truly special for sure. That was UFC 276. I think the back, the next big like fight thing, not necessarily UFC thing, but the next like big, big fight thing coming up is Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. Believe yep. that's scheduled for August 6th. If that's still on, who knows? Every day it's uh, fluctuating between getting canceled. Uh, yep. Test here. Can't get into the US. Oh, what's happening? Who's talking? So who knows? But hopefully August 6th. Jake Paul fights Tommy Fury. That that'll be the next big fight thing. Yep. I mean, there there's the UFC card on the 22nd of this month, I believe. But I I think that Fury and Fury and Jake Paul is a little bit bigger than that. Just because, I mean, this this card was absolutely stacked. I do not believe that the one. I know. I think there's two belt fights on the 22nd. So I guess some semi semi big. But yes, the Jake Paul Tommy Fury definitely is attracting more attention socially. Yeah, I mean, in terms of it, biggest fight thing in terms of eyeballs, I mean, oh, is the, sure. the Jake Paul Tommy Fury fight. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to get off your chest about Thor before we go? Thor comes out this week. So excited. Just uh, what, yeah. what our appetite a little bit. I honestly cannot really express how excited I am for this movie. I said it a while ago, but I was more excited for this movie than I am than I was Multiverse of Madness. And that was when there was Multiverse of Madness rumors going around that the cameos were going to be bigger than Infinity War and Endgame and No Way or yeah, No Way Home combined. Like oh, yeah. those, the Marvel, those rumors were going the around. The Marvel rumor rumor mill oh, like hit a peak right before the movie comes out. Yeah. But I was still more excited for Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, Taika Waititi is going to, you know, I'm hoping for, you know, not a sequel to Thor, but more of a sequel to Ragnarok, which I think could be really, really fun. He's obviously proved he's a great director, a fun director. um, And he knows how to make his movies. And I feel like 
I feel like we're going to see a very fresh Marvel movie, something that feels new, but also back to the familiarity of Marvel movies at the same time. Um, Christian Bale in a Marvel movie, going to be super awesome for sure. I'm hearing he's an amazing villain. Um, anyone? All of, the, all of the reports coming out for the early screen testing of Thor Love and Thunder say that Bale's villain is tested. I, I, I want to say they say it's tested the highest of any villain, but we'll say one of the highest. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, the Bale expectations are through the roof. Oh yeah. Just extremely excited for this movie. It looks very colorful. It looks very fun. Just a classic Thor adventure. July is going to be a stacked movie one month as well. Thor this week, Jordan Peele's got a movie coming out. There is a Russo Brothers slash Chris Evans slash Ryan Gosling slash Netflix James Bond-esque spy movie coming out. It's just, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening in the summer. I know the the sports have slowed down, at least from a football and basketball. That stuff's still going, though. Kevin Durant's asking for a trade. Summer League's coming up. It just, the world's always spinning. There's stuff going on. There's things that are going to need covered. We will make sure to cover as much of it as we can, as much of it as we can consume anyways. Champ, thanks for coming on. Enjoy your your holiday. I'm sure we'll be watching fireworks together. Oh, for sure. Hey, thanks for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. That is it for the episode. We will be back later in the week to break down all the big NBA stuff. Rem and Sam back together. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow the episode. Tell your friends. Tell them about us. And uh, maybe go follow follow the Instagram account as well, at Spot Media, S-P-O-P Media. On Instagram, give us a follow, follow the podcast, do all that stuff, and tune in for the next episode. Bizarre.